Uh, I'm just going to say Bundy because I'm good mates with him. <laughs> and <it's just laughs> he's an exciting character as well. He's yeah, got yeah. energy, so I think they get, I think they get good, uh, they get, get good content from him. And is there somebody they should avoid then as well? Probably Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> Joe presents House of Rugby together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Hello and welcome back to House of Rugby together with Bank of Ireland. I'm Greg O'Shea and the band is back together. I'm here with the lovely Lindsay Pete and Jason Hennessy. How are you getting on guys? Lindsay first. Great. Had a great weekend now. Fall of rugby. I, I never thought I'd hear myself say that it was just way too much sport to, to there keep There's so much of. going on and you were covering the women's games as well. Yeah, had a great time thanks to TG Carher. We were up at the sports ground. We covered Connacht and, and your beloved Monster lads and, and they were exceptional. It was a really great game except I was freezing. I had these pants on and like <laughs> under armour. I was layered to the gills but, and I was still cold. Yeah. But a uh, great weekend of sport all in. Shout out to the girls. Three from three. Monster won the interprovincial, wasn't it? Yep. And we'll probably go into a little bit more but I just thought Monster were exceptional. It's so hard to play against a team who keep the ball moving and they really obviously did their homework with a they cut Connacht open with the tip on pass because um, Connacht are very physical and they were making line breaks and their support their running lines of support were absolutely exceptional so yeah. uh, I thought they were a joy to watch and it kills me to say but they were deserved uh, winners with a clean good team. stuff the Munster ladies doing well and Jason you're obviously glued to the Munster men who <laughs> yeah. pushed to lose five times champions to the wire, but we lost 2016. What do you make of it? It was a good game. I mean, I have to say, I mean, I know you said it like it was like watching, I hate to say it, it was like watching Leinster at times, know, really, wasn't it? Sometimes, I mean, <laughs> it was very, like, very much UA. Like, I mean, you, you didn't know which team was the French team, I think, at times. And, like, that's something we haven't seen from Munster in a very long time. Dis- disappointing to get the loss. Um, I think, you know, Joey probably should have kicked a few of those kicks. John Hodnett was absolutely incredible. Some real standout performances across in the backs and in the forwards. Um, yeah, look, we'll get onto that a bit later as well, but perhaps there should have been a red card for Toulouse on the 20, around the 26 minute mark that could have made a difference. But we're qualified, but we do have the small matter of the Sharks away from home, yeah. the way things worked out, thanks to that late Troy in the Edinburgh yes, Sarsons game. Yeah. We could add Edinburgh, so. Like, no offence to Edinburgh, I much would have preferred to play Edinburgh now. Yeah. <laughs> well, even the travel, let alone uh, who the Sharks have and Khaleesi and, and uh, Cole. Like. Yeah, so, look, as I said, we're qualified, I think. To lose our first game against Toulouse at the start, like, and then having to bounce back and just two big wins against, especially that away win against Southampton, like, that was yeah. a tough slot, remember that 20-minute that period of defence. So, they're looking good. Craig Casey given an opportunity to play a bit more, and he was heavily involved ah, he was in, in, in that try, so... No, it's good to see. What do you think about discipline? Because I thought there was poor penalties when they were under pressure to give away and kickable, and I think that was kind of the difference, wasn't it? Yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, what do you think, Greg? Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, before we get completely stuck into it, um, our producer Pat has an interview with Robbie Henshaw coming up later in the show, and we hopefully have a chat with Josh Vanderfield that I might, might have to run away to. The Irish team are jumping on the plane to go to Portugal camp for Six Nations. Oh, so um, that We won't one... be offended that you're just like, <laughs> legging it and leaving well, us, so don't worry about it. He is the best player in the world, so I think he comes first before everyone else in the rugby world at the oh, moment so, yeah. Yeah. and he is a nice guy <laughs> it's not a bad guest to be getting like just a small matter of the world player of the year like yeah <laughs> exactly so we have those coming up later in the show so stay tuned but to talk about the Toulouse and Munster game I think overall it actually is quite positive for Munster to go away to Toulouse which is a fortress to, and to only lose by four points they're five times champions one of the best teams in the world have Anton Dupont all the top boys uh, Jaminet, um all, all the top players in, in French rugby kind of play with Toulouse and we if Joey had got those two kicks, it would have been a draw, which would have been an amazing result away. That's um, the thing, yeah. But like, I suppose, like, I mean, you look at the match overall, like missing those two kicks. I mean, they were leading, what, with 60 minutes gone, they were leading by four, wasn't it? And then they got two late penalties. 
Glen Healy went into the sin bin. That doesn't help. But I mean, what do you think of that? I know it was, he, he was leaning. It did look like he was leaning with his arm, but it was I don't know. It was kind of like he was stopped, so he was kind of just nearly protecting the ball. And I know the laws of the laws, and we we're kind of saying about consistency. But on some level, I thought it was it was harsh a little bit. On him. Yeah, I think as I said, like go back to that Joey Carberry incident. Like that was a hell of a lot worse. I mean, he got a they 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 showed it on BT Sport, and you'll see it on Twitter. And um, it was a very high like shoulder into the chin, and it wasn't even checked. No. Which brings us back to our French TMOs and our French stadiums. Dodgy wires. There's no replays in France, I don't think. So, mm. to me, yeah, but like, Joey missing those kicks, I mean, that goes back to, I mean, the big news of him getting dropped from the Ireland squad. And we were only talking a few weeks back about Ross Byrne coming on and nailing that kick. And you look at uh, Jack Crowley's kicking record, record has been good. Mm. I think whatever it is, since Joey got that injury, that first bad injury at Munster a couple of years back, I remember he went on a run of games where he broke a record. It was something like, 23 or 24 kicks in a row yeah. since he's come back from that like his kicking has been very up and down because we know he's an accomplished kicker but he's missed like he's missed a lot of big kicks from Munster and maybe that's one of the reasons he was left out because form wise I mean look at the Troy is crossfield he's around the pitch he's been playing well yeah. but if you can't hit those kicks like I mean I'm sorry at the end of the day like when you're a 10 number one job is place kicking you know it's like a hooker that can't throw like that's your job and if you can't and Ross Byrne is is has an excellent kicking record with Leinster and he's done it with Ireland as well so I don't know maybe that's why he was left out and it wasn't Taylor two tens the weekend wasn't it because Ross Byrne was just like flown he was like a Porsche excellent. he was just like he was just fluid and then with Joey even the crossfield kick he kind of he nearly overcooked it and mm. John Hognett good hands because at that stage they did three and one he could have actually dropped it just in between John Hognett I think it was Ty Byrne that made and so I don't know he's just a man who's lacking confidence and and then I'm kind of thinking on the way into the show this morning, I was like, how do you handle him now? Mm. How do you handle him? Are you letting him go because you want him to get a run of games? Because now he's going to be in a break with no competition. Um, or has Andy Farrell fed back to him what he needs? But, you know, when you feed back to a player what they need, then they need games. So I'm kind of like, now he's in limbo. It's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. so well, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, well, I think it would have been such a difficult mental battle for Joey on the weekend to go out against Toulouse, away to Toulouse, after being in the media all week, not getting all selected week, yeah. for the Six Nations team. It's been years since he hasn't been picked in the Six Nations team. When he's fit, or an Irish team, when he's fit, he gets picked. Mm. But it's just Ross Byrne, as you said, has been so consistent, Lindsay. Like, yeah. And it kind of, someone has to lose out. You have to draw the line somewhere. And I presume Joey's going to be the next one in straight away if one of the boys does touch yeah. wood, mm. get a knock. But I can only imagine him going to Toulouse wanting it so badly to play well. And they're probably just the pressure that might have just... Forgot his kicking boots on the day, but I thought around the park he did play all right. He did, yeah. He ah, did. he did. He was yeah. he was exceptional, and like that's the thing. It's he's such a talented rugby player. You, you just you willing him on, but he just hasn't had that consistency. And I do think the question will always stand over him is his best position, like ten or fifteen, because when you see him at full back and he's allowed kind of express himself and play, he's exceptional. But it mm. does come back then. Your ten needs to be your kicker, yeah. and that's probably the game he needs to. So. And yet you can see him in warm-ups and, and different games where he's, again, he's hitting over kicks that he shouldn't. So it's there, the talent's there. But And then, like, you can't... Look, Jack Crowley, congratulations. Like, he's come out of absolutely nowhere. He seems a, a, a lad who's just rugby mad and it's kind of this fairy tale story. So, mm. look, you have to go on consistency. I mean, we could name lo- loads. Even Ulster over the weekend, Kieran Treadwell's not in, James Hume. And we've spoken about these players who come out of nowhere, but peaks and traps and if you're playing well you have to be in exactly in fairness to Jack Crowley he's taking this opportunity with both hands and he's having his breakout season and he yeah. played about three or four positions on the weekend yeah. what he started at 12 <laughs> then went to 15 then went yeah. to 10 
What an unbelievable player to have in your Irish squad, isn't it, Jason? I think it's probably the reason he's in there as well. I think it's interesting to see that when you've got Joey, because you were saying Joey's always picked. Like, Joey's when he's fit. Joey's been picked sometimes when he's not fit. Like, look at the World, <laughs> look at the World Cup when, when Joe Smith brought him over. Like, you know, he wasn't even fit and he still brought him over. Yeah. But, like, Crowley has been playing 12 a lot for Munster. I know he kind of, when Carby would start 10, Crowley would be 12, and then Crowley would normally, would normally be Carby that comes off and he'll play 20, 30 minutes at 10. But since then, to see that he's played so much at 12 this year, yet he's still being brought up as the second forward slash third choice, third, third choice out half. We don't know. Like, we could be first choice out half and Johnny could be held back in the wings. But it's interesting to see that he's been brought in over Carberry. Maybe it is because he is that 10, 12, 15 option. And if he can play a 10, 12, 15, he can probably play on the wing as well. Probably stick him in at 13 as well if you want to do. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's another thing we are looking at. Like we said it last week. Like you only have a 34-man squad going over to our World mm. Cup. So to be able to play those extra positions in those, those midweek, those, those, those lesser games, shall we say, so yeah. that you can rotate your squad around because I know they've extended the period now where you have to have a minimum of six days off between games in the World Cup, which is fantastic, thank God. But like 34 players isn't an awful lot, especially if you've like a big bruiser match against South Africa and then you're kind of like, okay, we need to switch everyone out yeah. for this next game against, I don't know what the, the schedule is again, I can't remember, because it could be South Africa and then Tonga. So maybe that's why he's brought in there, but... He's definitely, he's taken, as you said, he's taken it with both hands. He has, yeah. And in relation to the Joey thing, I thought rubbing salt in the wound is when they took him off and put Ben Healy on. And I was just like, all right, get the most out of Ben before he goes over to Edinburgh. But do we really need him coming on? Like, he's not going to be Munster next year. He's going, he's playing for Scotland. I know, but now I'm looking about the result in his head. He's not thinking about the long term. He's not thinking long term. His immediate job was to beat Toulouse. Yeah, and that's the true. Look, and he did look, he played well. Well, I know he got yellow carded. Well, he came on and got yellow carded. Yeah, okay, yeah, we can't, but he did actually play kind of mm. well. Bothered what did you make of that, Lindsay? You were a good ball carrier back in your day. Oh, <laughs> well, I probably, yeah, I probably had the elbow up myself and yeah. it could have got off. But uh, no, I t- to be fair, look, we're kind of like, as I said, you're Will and Joey Carberry on, but then you have to have the clinical coach and head on. And, and Graham Browntree, I'd hate to be making the decisions you have to. And, and it is a hard one. It's kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to pick a personal like some your ex is picking your new boyfriend over and you bring them to dinner, <laughs> you know? And it's kind of a hard one, isn't it? So, look, at this stage, it's the bigger picture about Munster and I think they could have won that game. Just little, you can't go 11-0 down. Mm. You can't have ill-discipline. You can't have yellow cards in big games like that. And you, do, you get few opportunities that are few and far between to, to beat Toulouse. So, look, I think it was a hard one, but Ben Healy came on to do a job and under the yellow card, he could have got them over the line. Yeah, he could have, and he would have been a great person to have on the pitch for kicking as just well. Like, that's, just as yeah. I was thinking exactly. That's that probably like, why yeah, he came on. Yeah. But uh, speaking about more pivotal moments in the game, I thought Fekator finally started showing his value. He actually, Thank you. He? he actually came on, and like, that second half in particular, I was like, yeah. okay, well, where's this been all season? Because like, this is why we were getting, and you're on, no doubt he's on the big bucks. Yeah. We all know he's not, he, he didn't come cheap. Exactly. So that's what we wanted to see. So look, I mean, hopefully he kicks on, because to have a fit and firing and form Malachi Fekitoa, this is a former All Black we're talking about. This is a guy that's played for Toulon, played for Wasps. He's mm. a superstar. We know what he's capable of because he wouldn't, he wouldn't be getting those contracts in the first place no. if he wasn't that good. And he, mm. he was, but what are you thinking? No, I, I'm glad you said it because I was like looking at it going, this fella now all of a sudden is really involved. And I'm like, it's nice to see. And, you know, his offload to Coombs. And that's what Munster need as well as his experience and his expertise and his yeah. flair. It's pretty all black, former all black. Absolutely. Like, you know? But is he going to now be um, a Malcolm Marks for and come off the bench and now he's just going to really ignite us? Or is he going to start from the start? And I think that's going to be up to him. But like, what suits him now is that he's not getting it all his own way. To he's kick not up just... the arse has helped him. Look. Absolutely. I think he needed that kick up the arse. Yeah. I don't care whether you're Malachi Fekitoa or not. If you ain't good enough, like they weren't even benching him. He was out of the squad. 
completely lacking. And rightly so, he's out of the squad because he wasn't doing anything. No, yeah, but he seems to have figured out how to work in the Munster team. And he was kind of a catalyst for a lot of good plays on the weekend. Mm. You saw he was crashing up hard for the one that ended up in Ty Burns' try. He yeah. crashed up from their own 22 and made about 20 yards. And then they worked all the way down the pitch. And his time when he sucked in two players and popped it off to Coombs, yeah. as you're saying there, Lindsay, which is like, this is exactly what we need. Yeah. So like him and Frisch in the centre, which would be incredible. Do you think Fekitoi will continue on in this form? I don't know. I hope so. I mean, like, it's nice to have that option there. Like, I mean, like Frisch probably didn't have his best game against Toulouse, but he's been probably our, our better centre going along. And then, like, you know, I mean if an injury happens to Joey or Jack or something, like Jack might not always be covered at 12. Like I think Jack is going to be more of a 10 going forward, so you could have the two boys inside there. But I think the big thing is, like it's massively interesting to see, because we were just saying there, he wasn't even making the bench. Keith Earls didn't even make the squad again the weekend. Conor Murray was back in. Like round three, and like last week he dropped Conor Murray. He's not afraid like to drop Conor Murray, Keith Earls and Malachi Fekitoa. Mm. Three seasoned, like, like Murray and Earls are back in the Ireland squad and they got dropped out of the Munster squad. Yeah. I like that, because he's just like, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, he could turn around some week and if Peter Mahoney isn't playing well, playing well he'll drop him. <laughs> he will, like, because if he's willing to drop Fekitoa, Murray and Earls, he's yeah. playing guys on form. So it doesn't matter who you are, which is good. And Munster need that, that bit of fire in their belly kind of going, you can't just live off your name. If you're playing shite, you're dropped. No, 100%. <laughs> I feel yeah. like he has steel cap boots going around the place, just absolutely lamping boys up the arse. You know, yeah. like, oh, you're not playing well, good luck, you're he's, out. He's, he's, yeah. a, he's a scary character. Like, you still know by looking at him, like, it's just... Oh, he's a forward. Yeah, he's a prop. He's gone round and gone He's home. been around the block. Like, yeah. he does. He's meet, meet, met everyone in the lines and stuff. I'd say he doesn't care what your name is, who you are. If you're not performing, you're not in, which is probably what Munster need. They do. 100%. But it builds a culture. It's a bigger yeah. culture that no one's walking, you know, like the cock of the walk here, walking around yeah. like I'm, you know, um, Malachi Fecto. I'm here. I'm the all black. Like he's not, he's not, he's humbled, I'd say. There's like a ceiling on the lads and oh, their yeah. egos. And, do you know, that is something that is standout for me with Leinster and, that everything you're only as good as your last game you're always in competition with the fella who's up for that jersey um it comes off your back it's home back up for everyone to fight for next week and i think that's i think it's a good everyone's hungry that's the difference now with munster there's some great ball playing but everyone's hungry to mm. play and it, it looks like they're enjoying themselves that's a huge difference exactly well. yeah well you touched on it there the way they're playing offensively is beautiful mm. like whatever roundtree's game plan and prendergast these passes out the back, the flicks, they all seem to be expressing themselves. Shane yeah. Daly's having a field day every time he gets the ball, jumping back in, offloading, every Ty Burns kicking the ball when he wants to. Like it's just incredible. Yeah. They seem to be playing like happy. Yes. Which is which is cool to see. Like it's a good way to lose and only lose by four points and to be missing all your kicks. It's mm. actually a good result, Jason, for Munster. Credit to Mike Prendergast, yeah. we're not giving him enough credit because we brought in Stephen Larkham, like, and all the talk about Stephen Larkham, who's like, you know, one of the yeah. best players we've ever seen, came over from Australia. And then, like, nothing was said about Mike Prendergast. Like, like oh, is, is that a downgrade? It's like, hell, obviously hell not. Because yeah. he's done an excellent job at wrestling. And he was with, was this, who was he with before that? Grenoble for a while, was he? Oh, yeah, been a few I different French teams. Yeah. So, I mean, credit to, well, credit, 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 credit Dennis mm. Leamy. They seem to have finally got a good coach ticket together and brought it back to to where we exactly. need to be. Like, we're definitely, we're, as I said, we're on the right path for yeah. once. Like. And that's arguably the best team in Europe we played against because they had DuPont and they had Entomac and they had Jaminet. They were fully loaded. Like, like, fully loaded. loaded. Like, yeah. everyone, like, they were incredible. So, so. well done, Munster. I know you lost, but it's a good result away and we're still qualified. We're going into the next round. I think we're travelling away to Sharks, which is a tough draw away <laughs> to see Ecclesi's team in Durban. Um, so it's not easy, but look, if you're going to win the thing and do well, as I said they would, you have to beat people eventually. Um, but put, Poor old Leinster as well. Um, they're, well, not poor old Leinster. <laughs> Ulster have to go down and play Leinster in the Viva, which is going to be a tough one. And we're going to talk about that match next. Um, Leinster won 36-10. 
they're just smashing it in Pool B. I think mm-hmm. they're on, on top by 150 points difference, won all their games. Um, so poor old Strata go down and play Leinster. And we'll talk about the game now. But first, we want to chat um, to Robbie Henshaw, our very own Pat, spoke to him. And it was a really good chat, so listen to this. Robbie, uh, thanks for sitting down with us here. Uh, this uh, swank little office <laughs> yes. that you have on the side where you kind of do all your thinking and plotting and planning. Um, I was saying you're just, uh, even we'll just, I suppose for the listeners and people who watch as well, they'll be kind of wondering when you are going to get back. You're hoping you said in the next kind of couple of weeks to maybe yeah. start getting out onto the pitch again and mm. increasing your load and stuff like that, isn't that it? Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, just getting back to kind of contact stuff. Um, so, yeah, things are progressing well um, out of the cast now and um, into just strapping it up and making sure I just get my range back well in the wrist and then just get into full contact in yeah. two two weeks' time, I think. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, it's been good. Been and when, good it, when it first happened, then did you think, like, was it timelines that this is when you'd be back or is it a little bit slower than you would have hoped? Or? Um, yeah, it was kind of, they couldn't give a definitive uh, time, yeah. unfortunately, after the procedure. So I said, we just have to see how it is. And uh, yeah, we just said we'd make sure it's perfect rather than you know, yeah. cutting any corners or, you know, having having it be an issue again down the line. So try and try and make it perfect and then just not and then have it have it ready to go. And, and in World Cup year, like it's like you can see where the, there might be somebody even, I, you know, I'd be a big fan of the NBA and they manage the minutes and player minutes and all that type of stuff. But mm. I'm thinking of the likes of you and Andrew Conway, you mm. kind of like are probably sitting there stewing going like, I'm back, I'm ready. Mm. And somebody has to tell you. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Is it the same for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think for every player, they'll always want to be back sooner than the time frame they're given. It's just probably our nature. Mm. Um, but yeah, you just have to. I think it comes with experience as well in terms of you know been been down the road of injuries before. So you just have to trust the process and make sure you know you're doing making the right calls as opposed to trying to come back sooner and then you know getting caught up in the end in terms of something else happening to you so yeah no you, you have those discussions and um you know you just have to be patient that's what i keep telling myself just be, be patient yeah yeah and, yeah and there's a guy now what is it who a lot of people will be talking about this week and uh a lot of people might have even thought there's going to be a development players brought in maybe four or five but and he's kind of just gone yeah. away from that maybe because it's a world cup year but uh then jamie getting a, a straight up call up like what what's for someone like i've seen there was even a clip that's been shared about him in the last mm. 24 hours of him making some big tackle in yeah, his first yeah. play like but yeah. what's he been like having it around the squad and what's it been like watching his progress as a player as well yeah he's been brilliant and um i suppose we see we've seen jamie for a couple of years in training um you know what, what he brings to the game and he's just an exciting young talent um a baby face when he came in the door um yeah, he's he's like he's brilliant. He's uh he has a great great skill set, uh great like physicality, great passing, and he's a great left boot as well, um which is valuable in your in your <laughs> team today, you know. Um so yeah no it's I think we've seen from his performance last week that he's you know he's he's top class player and um, he's ready to to jump into the Irish team. Does um does something that's like I suppose it was more announced now these days. You'll say these are our development players, or mm. even if you see the likes. Of, I know even like uh, Ross Maloney would have kind of came in and trained with you guys last year. If a body is needed, and sometimes mm. the under twenties come in. Sometimes it wasn't as announced as in the past. Like sometimes it's definitely down at Carton House. You'd yep. maybe just get the younger lads in to train. Did you ever have that experience before a full call up 
of going in to experience what that kind of senior setup was like. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I remember Declan Kinley called me in um, to a few camps just for like a few days training. Um, yeah, it's it's always been done. To be fair, mm. for the last 10, 12 years, it's, it's been done. Um, there's been guys brought in to to, to train. Um, so yeah, probably kept quiet. But um, yeah, I think there's been a lot of a lot of guys who've been in and out and, and experienced like the I suppose the intensity of camp and and to to find out what what it's like to train on the pitch uh, in the environment. And and what like if you're ever thinking back to that time when you were kind of young enough, you're probably around 19, 20, mm. when you were called in. Do you remember like much about that or if you can cast your mind back yeah. through the mists of time now to kind of when you would have been brought in, who would have looked after you or did you find yourself daunted or anything like that mm. for the whole process? Uh, yeah, it's a long time ago now, showing my age. Um, yeah, I remember going in, myself and Dave McSharry went in mm. uh, from Connacht. Um, two of us were, were, were joined at the hip for, for the whole camp because, you know, we're just quite quite new to the scene. Mm. Um, yeah, um, I remember Keith Fox, another Athlone man, was had been in there. He was a physio and I'd say I spent majority of my time down talking really? to him because I was just kind of, uh, yeah, I was pretty, like, yeah, just shy, like, in terms mm. of... Yeah, training with the lads that you you watch, you know, and and you grew up watching. So yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's the same for every player that kind of goes in there. It's that mm. little bit of nervous kind of excitement, um, which is great. And then once you get on the pitch or once you get training, um, that's all out the window, and you know you just get on with it then. And there's a, one I remember, like there was, I think Gary Ringrose had been called in at one stage. I think Brian O'Driscoll talked him up after he came in as well. But mm. do you ever remember anyone over the last like nine or ten years where you were in there, yeah. like a young player that even caught your eye initially, and you went, "Jesus, this guy's going to be all right. He can, he's yeah. holding himself together, okay." Uh, yeah, I remember Jordan Larmer's first training session. Everyone, everyone remembers that. I'd say he was just came in, just out of school as well, and everyone's like, "Whoa, like incredible, like his his step and you know his his energy and mm. his work rate." Um, yeah, he he'd definitely be one that I'd that I'd uh, I remember just being like, yeah, he's he's going to be class. Yeah, yeah. There's one actually like even from over the years of following you and kind of even going with Connacht and then moving on to Leinster. Mm. Um, how have you kind of found even like have you settled into kind of like who you are? You know, it always takes you a few years when you're kind of doing it, but even doing this, like, do you feel mm. a bit more comfortable doing this than you would have been maybe in your early twenties as well? Uh, probably a little bit. You're never comfortable in front of a camera. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't think. Um, yeah, listen, it's it's kind of you kind of get you get used to it uh, as as you go as you get more experienced. Um, but yeah, I've definitely settled um, where I am now in, in life, and um, yeah, it's been been a great few years. Um, the transition to Dublin has been brilliant. Mm. I've enjoyed it. Had some great great memories um, playing in blue, and and yeah, it's hopefully keep keep going now the next few years. But uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been very enjoyable. And and there's kind of I wanted to kind of maybe even get to think about as well now of like uh, let's say even myself I look back over time and I say like oh god when I was 25 I remember I did this or oh yeah that was a great mm-hmm. year I was kind of wondering if, do you look if you were to look back and say what was your favourite year what was the year where you felt everything clicked and this is this could be rugby we're talking mm-hmm. about it could be personal life like is there yeah. even you look back on a year and think oh geez that was a great year um, funnily enough probably COVID year I look back at in terms of having to move back into my family home in Athlone uh, with my t- with my other two sisters mm. um yeah and then training on my own or training with with my f- one of my cousins um you know behind closed doors uh, doing those bleak enough runs that we had to do and then coming back into playing and probably yeah the, looking back and that just reflecting in terms of the work we put in when no one was watching um mm. and and then coming through and playing 
and just like enjoying playing rugby. Even though it was empty stadiums, it was still still great to be to be doing it. Uh, even though like the world was shut down, or whatever you know, it was everyone was at home. So that kind of made me more grateful in terms mm. of that experience. And um, yeah, I think that year probably stood to me in terms of all the work that went in. Because I remember actually yeah, talking to Finney and Witcherly and, and he was, mm. said something similar as well. Like he went back home and mm. and it's that thing of like you feel, especially for someone like you who's been like very good and very talented from an early age. Yeah. You're just on this, it's almost like you're on a conveyor belt and it's going, you can't even get off for a moment. It, even when you're injured, yeah. you're trying to get back as yeah. well. Like so. Yeah. Yeah, like to go back home and, and did you then set up like a home gym as well? Like, yeah. was it like, yeah, my school, um, Mick Loftus, one of my teachers, um, who runs the senior cup team, uh, gave me access to bring in. We went in, myself and dad went in with, with the with the jeep and took out like weights to bring out to the shed from, from the school. And, um, yeah, so we I had a setup there that I could do all the weightlifting. And then we just had had a bit of grass that we could run on and stuff, which was great. Oh, good stuff, yeah, yeah. 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 And then, like, who did um, did anyone in a surprise when you all got back together in your pods or whatever? Mm. Did anyone come back extra jacked or any, did anybody really surprised that it was really hitting the way tired, like at home? I remember seeing a photo of I think it was Johnny Johnny Texan when he came back. We were back to training gym, and he was like, "There's a picture of him like in the gym," and I was like, "Jeez, he's been lifting weights. He's doing." <laughs> Yeah, I remember that picture, but yeah, I think all I think Andrew Porter. He's mm. always, to be fair to him, he's always, uh, yeah, yeah, he's always a, a, a beast. But um, yeah, he came back as well in serious shape. The um, I suppose like for you, like it's um, sometimes like I think even you might even say it yourself, you love when you get a run of games together. Yeah. You feel like you're in your best form as well. Like, but did you kind of feel? I was kind of thinking of that lines year as well. That mm. like that twenty twenty one. Maybe you had a thing like you you had toured in twenty seventeen, but you wanted to be more involved. Did, yeah. did you did you feel so satisfied with that year, or was that a year where you kind of felt, "Geez, I was at my best there"? Like you know, what what are your kind of memories of that year? I suppose uh, the twenty seventeen. No, even oh, sorry, then, twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Probably yeah. The, the, just having the run of games. Um, yeah, just having a clean run at it. And now I had a few little niggles throughout that year. I remember I missed um, the England game away in the Autumn Nations. Missed the George, I think it was the George game at home. So there was a couple of little niggles, but generally speaking, it was probably a good year for me in terms of the minutes I played mm. um, and my contributions probably in the game were, were were positive enough. So yeah, and then that fed through to the lines, and um, again, wasn't perfect. I had a small small hamstring issue the first when we landed in South Africa, but. Generally speaking, it was probably yeah. Um, from a fitness point of view, it was probably my best year. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, like for yourself, like even there, like um, like I remember talking to Peter O'Mahony recently, and I was asking mm. him, like, for when you play, what do you feel are the two or three things you need to have done in a game for you to walk off and feel mm. kind of confident? Mm. Would you have something similar as well, where you kind of you feel you need to hit, hit certain markers or mm. have a certain amount of like, you know, targets yeah. to aim for in a game? Um, yeah, I think yeah, definitely in your. When you're carrying uh, your your involvement in your your phase play, uh, involvement in your first your strike plays, um, set piece plays. So yeah, you always have little markers about how you run a line, or if you had a po- positive involvement in in defence, if you mm. assist a turnover, or if you could, um, you know, affect uh, slow the ball down with, with your tackle or something. You'd, you'd always have a look at little things. Yeah, that you could you could mar- you could mark yourself on. And do you, like, like, let's say, I'm trying to even put myself on your level, which is nowhere near your level. I'm thinking about when I play Astro and I score an early goal, I'll yeah. be like, all right, here we go. Like, I've settled in. Do you need something like that to feel like 
you even talk about like in football or goalkeepers seem to have a touch of the ball early. Mm. Do you feel you need to do something like that to get yourself into a game as well? Um, in the early part of my career, yeah, definitely. I used to call them get a settler, mm. get, a, get an early settler. So whether it be a, a high ball catch or a, a, a tackle, you know, something just to set the tone. Mm. Uh, always, yeah. I think that just comes normal now. You just you just have to find your way to, to get your first positive involvement yeah. and then, then the rest goes goes um hopefully goes well then and do you kind of are you a guy then for talking to yourself out there on the pitch mm. like do you have your own little internal dialogue when you're playing games like um no i probably just stick on we we kind of a lot of the guys uh harp on about is just staying in, in the moment mm. just always kind of remember uh, just don't try try and not drift it's you know it's human that you will drift at some stage mm. um you know your mind will go elsewhere but just always trying to bring yourself back to the moment you're in yeah, and yeah. make sure you're you're always ready for the next play or staying in the play and then next play yeah 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 there's one a couple of things i wanted to ask just about ireland was like i remember again that was that kind of covert year it was a bit kind of mixed up it was a tough start for like andy that was like he couldn't get the whole squad together mm. um you know there's just so many disruptions that year as well like but mm. i remember he was always talking to start saying he, th- he thought something was building and i said maybe sometimes even in the media even we couldn't see what he might have been seeing or you guys would have been seeing but even during those tough first few months, did you guys notice something that might maybe the results might not be going your way, but did you feel that there was something positive building? Yeah, I think so. I think from you know, when, when this journey started, there was a clear vision in terms of what we're, what we're aiming towards, um, and everyone just bought into it. Um, obviously, results-wise and things, there was a bit, yeah, we, that, that, that was that. But I think from in, internally what, what we were producing within the squad and the and the connections, the relationships, um, it was, you know, a really good environment. And I think everyone, you know, there was really kind of, you know, happiness and uh, enjoyment factor of being in camp, uh, which was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. There's one actually, we watched it recently, it went down well with a lot of people as well, it was the Tackling the All Blacks mm. uh, documentary that came out over Christmas as well about going down to New Zealand and, mm. and, and beating New Zealand as well yeah. there. But would you have watched something like that? Like, you know, would you, do you sit back and watch something like that or is that something you're going to go back and watch at the end of your career? Um, I haven't watched it yet, no. Um, I've just been speaking to... I've seen little snippets of it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it'll be definitely something I'll go back and watch. Mm. Um, don't know when. Maybe before I come back. Yeah, playing. yeah. Maybe that's what, what my mum suggests to me. She goes, sit down and watch it before you get back playing. Uh, might give you a bit of a spring, to, even though there is a spring to get back. But, uh, yeah, no, I think... Always looking back and as you'll you'll watch with a smile on your face, you know, uh, whether it be now or in in twenty years time. Yeah, yeah, I I'd been on that tour in twenty twelve mm. when they went they should have won in, in Christchurch really and then kind of the the sixty nil that followed it as well like and it was touched upon a little bit in that documentary but yeah. what was it like to have the, the senior lads like Johnny and Peter Matney and even Keith who'd been on that tour were they trying to like drive home to everybody like that like. This is just how serious this, this yeah. gets down in a country like this as well. Yeah, I think so. Well, that was it was mentioned at our first meeting um, from from our coaches and from from the the leaders in terms of who'd been there and done it before um, and experienced the kind of you know the the storm we were facing. Mm. Um, and then we spoke about after after the the first game in terms of what we faced was that was that was what we'll face and to expect it again for the next two weeks, but. Um, within that first game, I think we realised that there was serious moments for us there mm. that could have been a different game if we ta- if we'd taken them. So that really gave us that kind of positive belief 
going into the next two mm. games. Um, but yeah, definitely to get back to your question, the the lads who'd been been down there and experienced it before, definitely um, you know shared it with the group in terms of what what we were going to face. There's, there's talk now. Let's say the squad is out at the moment, and you have the familiar faces back in again, like Keith and and Connor and and Pete and stuff like that as yeah. well. Like some people are kind of going like um, just because maybe the lads aren't playing for Munster, um, or like some lads like even Bundy, let's say for example, isn't playing every week. Mm. But like from, from your like from being in a squad with them, mm. what do they kind of bring to you guys? Like and even the fact that the lads have kind of even sometimes acting as finishers now in games. Like mm. what what do these guys bring to the squad as a whole? I suppose. Yeah, I think you know they they've been around so so long. Um, in terms of experience, they bring you can't buy experience in terms of playing international football. Um, it's it's a different game, um, and I think to have the lads in there is it's it's key to have that mix of you know experience with youth and guys who who need to be uh, brought on and, and shown the way as well. So I think it's it's good. Um, yeah, I think you know what what the lads bring off the pitch as well is huge. Um, mm. Well, they're great characters uh, within the group that bring great energy to train and great energy to the team room. Um, I'll ask you just a couple of quick ones and then we'll, yeah. we'll finish on, on the AS supplements as well that, that mm. we're kind of here for today. Yeah. But um, I suppose, is there much of a buzz, like, you know, like, or has there been much talk or slagging amongst everybody else with this new Netflix, uh, you know, documentary that's going to be taking place as well? Yeah. I was saying, has, have you guys been talking about that already? And has there been, have, like, you know, has there been slagging about yeah. Who's going to be the star of the show as well? Yeah. Uh, well, no, we only got um, we got told last uh, in November that it was happening, but um, yeah, we 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 haven't really. I'd say there'll be another meeting about it in camp in terms of what to expect or if filming is starting and what the what's going to happen. But we haven't heard. I'm sure there's some lads who know what what's going on, but personally, I haven't heard who's. Who the main uh, mm. the characters are? It'd be, it'd be intriguing to see, see who who'll be up there. But um, yeah, it's definitely. I think it's great for the sport. Yeah, uh, personally, I think um, seeing what it did for for F one, mm. seeing what it did for even those uh, the all or nothing kind of um, series about mm. Tottenham and about Man City. I think it shows a different side to the sport, and fingers crossed, it'll grow the sport. Um, you know, further afield across the globe. And I was saying, if there's one person they should, if you think they should from the Irish squad follow, who do you think it should be? Mm. Um, I know they'll want to follow Tyg Furlong. Yeah. 100%. Um, uh, I'm just going to say Bundy, because I'm good mates with him. <laughs> and <is there laughs> He's somebody? an exciting character as well. He's yeah, good yeah. energy, so I think they'd get... I think they'd get good, uh, they'd good, get good content from him. And is there somebody they should avoid then as well? Probably Bundy. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think everyone in there is. I uh, know it's it's a great camp, great great environment. So whoever they whoever they film, they'll they'll have they'll have good good footage. I'd say to finish up, you're you're kind of you're doing you're yeah. you're here with AS supplements. Is that is yeah. this been going on long or is no, it like you just no no just recent. Um, yeah, they're an Irish company. Uh, delighted to be in partnership with them. They yeah so give, give us uh, multivitamins and um yeah it's kind of a kind of key part of our diet is to have uh multivitamins and stay fit and healthy to be able to train so uh fair, thankfully I, I didn't get that and i'm probably jinxing i didn't get that nasty cold slash um flu that was going around um so maybe they're i think they're working is it a, yeah it's kind of like a peace of mind as well you know if you're taking this every day and doing yeah. everything else right mm. you know you're kind of you're on a level footing then for the whole day like 
I think so, yeah. It's, you know, especially throughout the cold months um, when there's things going around like that. Uh, it's key to have um, just to stay stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then just the last one I was going to ask, I said we've been just talking there before we started recording, it's about how the Irish collective of World Cup and how do you guys get away from us wrecking your heads about that all year, I suppose? Um, I suppose all we can do is look look at kind of use the Six Nations as, as a springboard mm. um, do as well as we can um, I know we, we had the Triple Crown last year but go one better uh, obviously and then you know then, then it gets into there's so much ahead of us but in terms of finishing off then the playoff games with, with your club and then then you turn the page and it's it's proper serious focus for, for France so um, yeah I think we're in a good place and there's Chatley, you know we're, we're number one in the world, and mm. it's it's a good pressure to have on us, um, especially with the what's cup upcoming. Um, so yeah, it's it's exciting, um, and we'll have to you know walk walk into into the into the storm. Perfect. Okay, listen, it's lovely talking to you today, Robbie. And good luck now when you get back playing Thank as you. well. Thanks very much. Cheers. Yeah, so it was great to talk to Robbie Henshaw there last week, and you'll just see that I, I have sat in Greg's seat um, and just basically You're not kind Greg. of what. Not Listen, we have an upgrade here. Better yeah, looking host see, now. I so I was sorry, a bit different, like whenever I looked over, whenever I looked yeah. over. It is. I do have a flash new jumper now. Like it's a shame <laughs> that people who are listening to the podcast can't see it, but I, I feel more confident in it. Like. <laughs> You look great. After, yeah, Katrina brought me shopping at the weekend. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, Robbie was uh, chatting to us there, uh, myself and Jason were saying that he was doing it for AS Supplements. So we, I kind of met him, uh, myself and Killian, who's the cameraman, met him in uh, the Dillon Hotel. And uh, oh, he was great, great lad to chat to. And it was even, I even said to him beforehand, like, do you want to talk about injury stuff too much? Like, and if he was out for a while, he probably would have steered clear, but he was happy enough to talk. So I think he said he'll be back in training maybe the week of the, the France game. So yeah. I'd say you'll see him for rounds three and four now. Like he'll probably play against Italy if, if all goes well for him. So, good stuff. so that's good. So, but there's one bit now before we moved on to the Leinster uh, Racing game, we were kind of asked him that. And, and Alex Roberts now from, from Joe UK is over at the Six Nations launch today. And he was talking to the guys about this new Netflix documentary that's coming up as mm. well. Uh, so I was asking Robbie about that, and I was yeah. saying, what characters should be, you know, like should yeah, should they talk to, and what should they avoid? And he said, he said a hundred percent. He said they, he thinks they're going to talk to Tyg Furlong. Like that's, yeah. he said that's nailed on. They're going to talk to him. Uh, and then he said he he'd like them to talk to Bundy because he thinks he's a great character. He said, but he also thinks they should do well to avoid him. So I was just kind of yeah, wondering like for you guys as well, like Lindsay, what character do you think like from any of the Six Nations do you think they should follow during the Six Nations for this Netflix documentary? I'd like Dupont actually just to see like get really into a psyche. Is he that? Is there a bit of crack about him, or is he just that typically French arrogant man that he just like? <laughs> yeah, when he walks into a room, everyone pauses and slowly turns yeah. to just like you know look look at him and all. But um, well, definitely him. And I'm trying to think. I, Ellis Genge actually, I'd like mm. to see him from England. I feel he's like. Not now, he's nothing compared to our Tyg Furlan, but I feel he on some level he's like the English version of the Tyg Furlan, maybe a bit of a messer. And he seems very popular among the lads, even as Bristol Bears gone back, he does the dancing. And the scene, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jason? I think I'm going to look at two Irish guys. I think, well, uh, actually, not Irish guys, Irish players, an Australian and a New Zealander, James <laughs> oh, Lowe and Mac Hansen. Yeah, I think, yeah. uh, Mac Hansen, as we know, we've had Mac in here before, Mac's good crack, and James Lowe, I've chatted him before, and he's always good crack, and he just seems like a bit of a messer as well. And even at the matches, you see him after him, and he kind of like, I'd say this guy now in the dressing rooms and any of the clips we've seen from any of the documentaries, he seems to be the number one character. Yeah. But we haven't seen an awful lot of Mac. Yeah, but yeah. we've spotted him. We see what kind of character he is. So I'd like to see them follow him around from a, yeah. from an 
an Irish perspective. Yeah, James Lowe's funny because like you would talk to him. I suppose like it's almost like he's normal in New Zealand, but then you drop him in Ireland, and so he doesn't find what the big fuss is about. But yeah, yeah. but he'll just sit there, and you know, you talk about people being media trained. He'll just be like, "Oh, having a really shit day today," and then I went and <laughs> got a breakfast roll earlier, and then I went down and it, and like everyone's like, "Yeah, what a legend!" Like, yeah. but. Um, he's just kind of being himself, like, you know, so, and it's great to see that he hasn't been trained out of that too much as well, like, and that it's good that, like, Leinster and Ireland have tried to keep him, like, like they haven't said to him, I'd say, I'd say, they've, the I'd say they've tried, you know, I'd say he's <laughs> yeah. gotten in trouble a few yeah. times because, no offence to the rest of the players, like, they're so bloody media yeah. trained over here that, look, because they have to, well, they have to, and I, I did, it's a, a topic for another day, I think it's probably, <laughs> they're, sometimes like, they're too media trained, but you can understand where they're coming from, but you see, if you trust the player, I mean, James Lowe, he comes out, sometimes he curses. Even mm. we saw the, the Paddy Patterson thing, like, yeah. like, let them be themselves to a certain extent. Like, you know, yeah. they're not bloody politicians at the end of the no. day. So I think it, maybe that Netflix thing will get us, let us get to see, because that's what grows the game. That's what we need to see. You have to be able to, uh, inter- not just what's interact, you have to be able to kind of um, understand the personality of the player, be able to relate to them. Yeah. And if you can't relate to them, that's why it's been so successful mm. with the F1. We need to be able to relate to these players. Yeah, you have to un- like you have to invest in their personality, don't we? Yeah. Kind of invest in people that we yeah. kind of connect with. And actually, James Lowe, I met him at um, the Autumn Internationals. He mm. was injured. He's a, he's a big, huge yeah. man. <laughs> and B, I would have rather meet him like over a drink first, you know what I Because mean? I felt like it was kind of really awkward and formal. Yeah. And Christina Mahanu was oh, yeah, interviewing yeah. you. Uh, she sent me up and she's like, give James a hug. So I did, but I think he thought I was coming after him. So I was like, <laughs> no, genuinely, this did Sorry, happen. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'd love to actually just, he, they're two guys I'd love to go for beers with. Do you know yeah. that? Because I think yeah, yeah. we'd have beers and a barbecue. Yeah, I think they'd yeah. be life and soul in the party. We did something in the, um, yeah, I remember it was in the Guinness Storehouse uh, a couple of seasons ago when James was, this was maybe only, like he wasn't Irish qualified mm. yet, but he was kind of, had the, the, the flag planted that he was yeah. going to if he could, but, his mum and dad were over at the time and it was brilliant like to kind of like uh, see that kind of characters and interacting with them and stuff like that because he said like and they wouldn't get over that much you know yeah. like so it was great to kind of meet them and you get a sense of what he's like as well yeah. when you kind of meet them as well but um, yeah real real good character like so hopefully now like he's in that Six Nations squad like so uh, you know hopefully he gets back in time like that's mm. That's why I was actually do think though, like, um, God, I'm actually veering way off the point here. Greg has a tougher job than I think. <laughs> I'm veering way off the point. But um, yeah, I was just thinking that's why maybe in a way Jacob Stockdale's in that squad because if James Lowe isn't back for the opener, yeah, yeah, Stockdale yeah. might start in the left wing or something because he's got that big boot as well. Like, so. yeah. Good point. Yeah. He's still not Motron though. Jacob yeah. Stockdale. And I he, think he wants to give him a chance. Someone's asking Jacob, you're kind of confused why he's Stockdale in there because he isn't playing well, as you said. Yeah. But may, I think this could be his last hurrah. Like, kind of like, this is your last chance. I was thinking the same. So he had to be in the Six Nations to kind of really kind of see where he's at. But like, when Nathan Doak went off, they were kind of a bit exposed. And again, he got caught in that channel on mm. the line out and it was a poor try to give away. So, mm. like, one thing that James Owen proved on, obviously, when he started, his position on the wing and his tackling was questionable. Mm. He's really just. As the professional he is, he you know we're, we're kind of saying like he's laughing, he's joking, good personality. But boy, did he put the head down and worked on everything that kind of came out negatively from that first outing in the Six Nations. So, uh, look, I wish Jacob Stockdale well, but I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not too confident to be honest. Even when he was in form and he was like that class season, mm. there was always question marks over his defence. Oh, hugely. And like he was saying, was it low? But I remember low after the the All Blacks game. was like, you guys slagging my D. It's like <laughs> and he went away and he worked on it. Yeah. And you could see he worked on it. Mm. Blatantly worked on it because it's much better improved yeah. defence, as you said. So yeah. it's a question mark because it, you you can't get caught out in that back three come the top level. Like you yeah. might get away with it in a URC game, no offence, that or 
but you're playing the big boys in the World Cup of the Six Nations. You get caught out in that back three. Good, good luck to you. A big time, because Shane Daly, I thought, could have done better for one of the Toulouse yeah, tries. Like, the he had Malia time. Try, yeah. Um, and he kind of just fell off the tackle and I think you know we talk about wingers not being in a game and you're cold but when the time comes which unfortunately the pressure is on to either like make your tackles or take your tries you know the, I suppose before we kind of even move on to that Leinster game as well just that uh, you guys covered a lot of the Munster stuff so, but just how good was that try that they got from Ty Byrne as well like <laughs> the, I think three like, offloads and just like was, yeah. we haven't seen Munster play that in a very long time so it's exciting because they still have that brute force and that strong platform up front which, mm. which I'm like, no matter what you do, like you have to build a monster team on that because it's what we're renowned for, and we've we've always had good strong forwards. Good, mm. I know we're kind of missing a little bit lacklustre at the moment in, in terms of hooker and tight head, especially with old John off to New yeah. Zealand, which I still don't understand. But we, that's another topic. <laughs> but no, as I said, like it, it's something that we've been clamouring for. Because we're watching our, as we move on to now, our pretty boys in Leinster playing beautiful rugby for long <laughs> enough. So once now, there's two, there's two on one. It's normally the other way around. It's normally two Munster and Leinster. I've got like so now I know what it feels like when yeah. we're talking about Leinster. We're like I have attacked. a fire extinguisher here just in case we get too bad. Yeah. yeah so, well, of all the tries to kind of start off with, the, like talking about great tries, that that Leinster try for Jimmy O'Brien's first, like and. Just every that's like it's like a perfectly like a Swiss watch. Everything just everybody had a role. Everybody did something. Can I just point out? Sorry, in that try before I say anything, I'm that you know that pass to Ringrose was forward. Okay, so I just have to point that out. I don't want to ruin it, Sherlock, but if you watch it again, that pass to Ringrose was forward. Listen, I going. Thanks very much for tuning in. <laughs> yeah. I have to get it in there. Like, you know what? You're a bitter bitch. You're okay, a bitter bitch, right? You I couldn't just even to just look. I'm trying to get my facts on the table. That's well, like saying, okay. anyway, back back onto your beautiful try. Well. Do you know what? Actually, just remove yourself. Yeah. Yes, but we'll, <laughs> we'll have this conversation. But yeah, like just so you can even see there from the line out, even seeing Josh going to make set up like it was going to be mm-hmm. like a, 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 a mall as well. Like So then the forwards get sucked in yeah. and then everybody just did everything so well. I think even they said like you saw Larimer came in to be one of the first receivers yes. and that spreads everybody even wider then again. So um, just it was just so well worked. Like For a team like that to score an early try, they must just be... That just must be buzzing then for the rest of the game after something like that. And you know what? It's hard actually because on the line out when you, you want like for a play like that off the top you want to go to the middle or to the back because mm. obviously like you said you're eliminating now like eight defenders seven eight defenders but they had to go to the front because they were obviously struggling mm. but so it was a down and pop now so it was it was well worked and they obviously had identified that Racing were going to actually hunt high for the you know the secondary line of attack because mm. they it wasn't the first time now they hit that front door kind of line you know one running hard mm. short and one out the back and again when you've run in lines that the timing is one's coming here and there and you're defending you just don't know where you're just bamboozled so I just think yes it works but I think they always have two options yes. you know so they read the game very well like mm. What you don't want is teams running this, like, no more than basketball, you're running a play, but you're not actually using your highly intelligent brain to make a read. Um, I will agree with you, it might have been forward, but listen, it's not our fault. <laughs> it's not our job. It's a bit no, like the referee, I'm, it's I'm not our job. Look, I mean, look, I think the interesting thing about that game is the fact that it's the first time we've seen that maybe Leinster are a bit human. Mm. It's the first 60 minutes, I just like, this can't go either way. But then the funny part is then is the last 20 minutes, they released, they're superhumans, and yeah. he had Gary Ringrose. I mean, that kick... The, 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 I suppose the, the awareness to put the mm. kick in and then the little flick back up I mean I don't work probably sick and tired about talking about how good Gary Ringo yeah. is at the moment yeah. he has been phenomenal but that was you know it kind of reminded me of the All Blacks from a few years back during like the real super year where Carter yeah. and McCall were the All Blacks in 20 minutes and just go yeah. and that's what they did and they just pulled away and like 
the end of the game, I remember watching it like around 60 something minutes, like, just man, Leinster could lose this. And then all of a sudden you're kind of, you blink your eyes, oh, Leinster have a bonus point. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It really is. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just phenomenal that they can do that. Like, and literally switch on in a 15, 20 minute period mm. and just go, oh, we're not doing too good here. That's fine. Release the superhumans. Yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> you was, know? there was one actually, it was even like when you watch the replays of that one, like the, the who was the, the assist? That was uh, Jimmy O'Brien again, wasn't it? But, yeah. yeah. It was, you actually saw, like, Ringrose, the fact that he can think about these things where he chased that kick down as well, but then he saw that there was a covering defender came over. Yeah. So as he went to lift it, then he just dived into him as he was offloading it. So he took him out as he was offloading it as well and got yeah. in his way. Like, there was just... It's like, I, my brain just wouldn't even think on that level. You know, sometimes they say we only use, like, what is it, 10% of yeah. our brain? Like, yeah, Ringrose is just on another level that you can, can you be m- slow it down that much, like... Yeah, what's yeah. gone through his head, like, all oh, right, I have, to, I have to gather the ball, I have to just even re- retain possession, let alone, like, offload it to someone who's mm. going to... We're going to, like, provide an assist for, like, and it's... It is superhuman to think of that because you're kind of only thinking of this one moment in time. What's my next job? But he had, like, about three or four there. He's there kind of just profiling and ordering as he's, like, just going for the ball, <laughs> I don't you know? know? what he's been doing, Lance, because like, he's always been a good player, but everything just seems to be clicking from this year, and he just kind of seems to be... Mm. It's his, It's not not just his athleticism, it's his, it's his brain that is just working. Everything's just mm. firing on all cylinders for him. But I think it's going to be interesting. Like, so what we were saying that, so the last 16, so if, if they have Ulster, right, which is India Viva, as we know, but if they get through, they have a semi-final, sorry, quarter-final, semi-final and final in Dublin. Yeah. Right now, but not like getting ahead of ourselves, right? So this is a bit of a hot take. I think <laughs> Ulster are probably one of the worst teams for them to have drawn. Yeah. Because... Like they finished first and I know Ulster struggled and just got through but you never know what's going to happen when it's an Interpro if there's a team like I would rather I think if it was Munster versus Toulouse for example in Di Viva they'd have an easier job of beating Toulouse yeah. but like when you've just got Ulster coming down the road who know Di Viva who know the boys and they've beaten them there before like it's just it's a feisty Interpro anyone come in an Interpro well, I took my father this morning over coffee. He's there shouting into me, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's good draw, isn't it?" The Ulster, and I was like, "No, Dad, it's actually not." Yeah, it's like a it's like a woman scorned. They'll come back down to the Aviva, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, they just need one performance, and I'm actually kind of like, no, this is actually the worst draw we could have got because everyone is talking about. Ulster's season turned upside down when they came out to the RDS and they lost. And I'd say that's in the back of their head, and they're kind of rubbing their hands, saying, "Right now, it's mm. the time for us to pull the rug under Leinster." 100%. Um, so I don't think it's going to be easy. I'm hoping they're getting over the line because, listen, we're talking about the first 50, 50 minutes, but I think finally we can see glimpses of them being tested, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're kind of answering and they have not only, they just have such an array of talent that they can kind of come in and do their job. Mm. But I do agree if anyone's going to I beat still, us I this season, Linz, I think yeah. it could be Ulster. I still think Linz will probably win it, yeah. but I think if you look at any of the other kind of draw teams they could have drawn, mm. I would say, like, Ulster would be the one I wouldn't yeah. want to avoid just because. Same if they ended up playing. There was a, at one stage, it would have worked out they could have played Munster there. And, like, you just, even though mm-hmm. I think Leinster are far superior to Munster at the moment, it's just, yeah. when you get into a big last 16 European game and it's an interprot, and you're like, you can go either way. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's mad even just to kind of think about it there. Like, um, yeah, just the, fa- yeah, the, the fact that Ulster, like, were, like, almost like dead and buried, like, you know, like, and mm-hmm. they... Sh- but then the whole thing was like Claremont's kind of imploding. Jared Payne's kind of in there as interim coach now as yeah. well. And then, yeah, they're set up for it. I think, I think the way it worked out, they almost knew at the end of that game. That, well, they knew it was going to be a shootout against Sale. They went yeah. and beat them. And then, but th- th- maybe they found, you know, sometimes halfway through a season, a team finds something. But it's very interesting to see them stacking their bench, wasn't it? A, a, yeah, you know, and like bringing and, the lads on. And you yeah. know what was... I found in their performance, actually, so when they went to sale, they got, now, listen, we can say whatever about the travel. Yeah, yeah. But they absolutely got bullied. But mm. what was spanked. 
But what really impressed me was their speed of ball. They really looked after their breakdown. Mm. They didn't let sales set to actually absolutely leather them. Yeah. Now, I thought it was going to be a rough day when Rob Little got absolutely tackled. Like, he got yeah, a high got- ball and he got tackled. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> but, yeah, then you have, like, John Cooney coming on, Jordy Murphy coming on, uh, Kieran Treadwell, Rob Herring. And it kind of just, just finished the job, didn't it? So... Mm. Look, they have an unbelievable squad. Yeah. Um, and if Dan McFarlane can get them all firing just for one game, yeah, I, I'm hoping it's not the headline the of that weekend. I will say, <laughs> like, and like, and excuse me for Carson, but I think it's bollocks that they win one. That they win one game and now they're in the last yeah. sixteen. That's why I'm like, okay, my Irish hat on. I'm delighted. Another Irish team mm. is in the last sixteen now. I know one of them are going to have to eliminate each other. Yeah. I'm delighted also got through, but I just still think, and we said that multiple times at the bar. I hope. They said they're looking at it. You said you spoke to them. They said they're looking at mm. it. I hope it changes because to win one game and get through to the last 16 is absolute rubbish. Yeah, because they rubbish. don't deserve it. Like, if they do go and beat Leinster, right? If it's the upset of the tournament, you're kind of like, right, you got to stab at it when you didn't really deserve it. You won one game. You had one performance where you kind of showed up and you weren't even firing a full, you know, on all cylinders. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's it's farcical now at this stage. Yeah, we were chatting the other day like when you had your, uh, the old thing. So, what was it? It was five groups of... Four groups four of five, yeah. isn't it? Was it six groups of four, was it? Six, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever it was. Like I remember like every year you had to get bonus points in your two home games and generally more often than not you had to win one away. Yeah. So yeah. you could afford to lose one game and they say you could get through on two but you were never going to get a home let's say yeah. quarter final because mm-hmm. there was no last 16 then. And like the amount of games that we had, we, we, we touched on it last week about the, the marital Gloucester match and the Leinster had a few games and mm. so on, where you get through and it just takes it out of it. Like to win one game and drink. Ulster got battered in the first, I know, sorry, they, they didn't get battered by Rochelle, it was the last minute try, but they got battered against Boisea and they lost twice to La Rochelle mm. and now they're still in the competition. Yeah. It's just, it's not right. Like, no, it's not. No. I saw another one, yeah, because like, like Gloucester as well, like they're like minus 78 points, one two, one two at least, but last two, but... Yeah, it's like it's the way they were celebrating the qualification, but they'd lost over in Bordeaux and then been well beaten as well. But it was like great, great achievement by the yeah. lads. And and then I saw even the way the Ulster thing was sort of like it was a famous Ulster win. And yeah. you're just like, yeah, it's it just it's it's not Ulster's fault. They'll take it, of course. Yeah, of course. course. Yeah, but, but they they need to change that from next loss, next yeah. season onwards. Like mm, they can't away. mess around with that anymore. Like, no. but yeah, like from, from the game, like even just this was like the, it was just they they said in it like the lads kind of. It was just well thought out, I thought, by, by McFarland. Big risk, I suppose. And, and their own fans must have started worrying when they were kind of losing like 11-8. I think Doak yeah. was in the sin bin as well. And they must have been like, what are we going to do? But then from the 50th minute onwards, it was like brought on the finishers almost. Yeah. And John Cooney got a lot of praise for kind of how he handled things when he came on as well. So, uh, And Rob Little, again, like for a guy taking an absolute battering a couple of times, he yeah. got a nice try as well and uh, came back at it well. But yeah, they, they kind of, they'll, they'll fancy it now, I suppose. And it's like, it's great to see because um, they had a couple of close-ins that they lost as well so it's good to see that their their season isn't over there because yeah. they're still like at the end of all that like you'd be ringing the alarm bells a couple of weeks ago like and they're yeah. they're still in the top four of the URC and, they're, and now they're into the last 16 so we'll see how it goes but mm. yeah, I suppose other bits from the, the Champions Cup then as well at the weekend um, you, well you, you spotted one of Christian Wade getting sparked out there trying to yeah. stop Gary Ringrose you see it in the replay like it's you see hip, the it? first angle he comes in off the hip and you kind of but you see it from the opposite angle and like he's kind of uh, he's out cold like straight away and he yeah. sli- slides along the ground like and like, I mean over in France like, do you think he'll be stood down in France? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. There was another, I think there was people complained as well yesterday with uh, Saracens missing the Jamie George one where he 
went to tackle, he just got bounced backwards and you could just see him kind of almost turtle up on the ground. Like okay. he, Oh, he got winded, was that? that yeah, one? and they said he was winded then as well. Like, you know, yeah. so it wasn't, he wasn't concussed, he was winded. Like, so it's, it's that kind of stuff is still going on. And uh, I suppose then we even have the thing of, well, sure, we've seen the thing we talked about earlier on when Greg was here with the Carberry one, Ben Healy getting himself um, kind of yellow carded as yeah. well. We have Jamie George as well. And then we have all the talk over in England now about the, lowering the tackle height then as well and like I suppose Jason you're kind of man and rugby Joe mm. an awful lot on Instagram and you're seeing all the comments coming back what's it been like now ever oh, since that was announced it's absolutely slated so like I mean I was chatting to Anthony Watson we'll have a clip of that on the show next week and there's a, some stuff up in rugby Joe as well and we had like the likes of we'll say like Joe Marler coming out like and giving out about it we had guys like uh, Louis Ludlow coming out giving out about it we had like Sonny Boo Williams taking the piss out about going uh, does anyone want to hire a recently retired <laughs> yes, offloader yeah. to come play a bit of club rugby but uh, I mean Anthony was saying like he doesn't see it coming to fruition um, you know this wasn't discussed with the players there's no input from the players whatsoever I mean look lads it's farcical it's uh, I, could under, I could understand it to a certain extent if you were looking at bringing it in for kids mm. But we're talking about fully grown men and women. They're going to have to do this, yeah, right? Because it's it's the whole way up. Like it's just just underneath the professional game. So this is fully grown men and women have to tackle that the way. It just I don't think you do understand. It doesn't work. Like I mean, you're you're just as susceptible, especially if you have to lower your your tackle at the last second. You're just susceptible to get a bang into the knee and a bang into the hip. And mm. even Anthony Watson said it. Like he said, a lot of the concussions I got like were from lower tackles. Yeah. So hips, knees, knocking out in the back. Yeah. It's watch it. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Let's it is, honest. and Let's the big honest. thing is the is the player input. Like, and yeah. and we ha- you you know this well. It's, it happens across the board. Like, yeah. there's committees and people who want to input in the game, but they have no experience in the game. And if you don't bring in the actual, um, you know, the people who are are part and parcel with the players, and they don't get the input, then you're not really making the right decisions. No. And like again, we'd be back to the drawing board with something different. They'd change it, like. Bring the players involved. You know, they are the stakeholders of the game. Mm. No more than, like, I've been on that side, you've been on that side. The input is important, even from an outside as the game evolves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because people who don't have experience, unfortunately, are making decisions they might, if, if they not saying they don't, but mm. you have to get all your information, all your stakeholders, all involved, and then kind of make a vote and see is this the best decision yeah. for the game of rugby and the evolution of, of it, course. you know? It's making, I, I just found that very strange and was even taught to Anthony, kind of like, this is the RPA they have over there, like, and yeah. a lot of, there's been a lot of, like, law changes and rules and this and that being brought in, like, particularly in the last couple of years. Mm. It's crazy to think that the players are not involved in this, yeah. these discussions. Yeah. You just have guys in suits sitting down who some of them haven't even played rugby, you know, and like, and they're making these huge decisions. Yeah. You're like, I mean, like, why aren't these guys at the table? Yeah. Why, like, why aren't these? It's just like, as you said, these are the key stakeholders. These are the players. These are the people that are going to tell you exactly, okay, this ain't going to work or this this mm. could, could work or let's look at this. It's like, no, some guy in his computer is looking good. Actually, do you know what we'll do now? Waste tackling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's a lot of people are saying, yeah, it's like, just look at the, let's give us the data. Like, what are you basing your decision off? Like, cause mm. if, if everything's out, it might make it a little bit more understandable. But just speaking of the kind of the laws of the game and what's going on, I love to see the, the Eben Etzebetz try he got at the weekend. Yeah. Wasn't that great? And yeah. How almost like in a weird way, like that, that just I wasn't, he was smart enough to do it, but what, that's just probably Sharks had that in their mind for a yeah. while of like, we're going to do this. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like Joe Marler was like, Bounds to the, you know, in the back when the snake broke. Yeah. He wasn't rocks, shoulder yeah. bound, is what the referee does. And he came in from an, an onside position. And uh, what did he see? You know, if you do watch much of the English Premiership, like it's it's 
it's a lot more prevalent in the English Premiership than mm. it is anywhere else. Mm. And uh, you see, I just you, if you just Google Caterpillar Rock, the first thing you'll see is an image of Exeter Chiefs, and I think is it five men back <laughs> the whole way. Right? Yeah, they're like but, a bear crawl, but their belly's nearly on the ground. They're like, yeah. what are you doing? So like, but like, it's not as penalised as much over there to kind of let him away with it. I think that's what happened mm. with Barra because if you look at the thing, if you watch it slowly, so I can't remember who the Sharks guy is. The Sharks guy comes in and just quick mm. counter up, just a little yeah. bounce, but the bounce is enough for uh, Marler's shoulder to not be there and he's just with the arm. He's kind of like, oh, sure, I'm still bound, I'm still holding on, da, da, da. And it, was, it was pre-planned. Yeah. They knew what they were at. Yeah. He just comes along and goes... SBS scores to try, but it's good to see that it is being penalised because everybody, I think, well, there's something if you spoke to the players, I guarantee you, mm. there's something that that caterpillar rock should be banned. Yeah. It, it, it's it's horrible for the game. It's stupid. Mm. It's it's destroying the game. No yeah. one wants to see shit like that. No. To buy yeah. the nine a bit of time for a box kick. <laughs> no. yeah. uh, I suppose just even then, from the last 16 draw, then, like, it's, I suppose I'll just read it out for everybody who kind of, might not have seen it. It's like you have Leinster against Ulster at home. The Aviva, uh, La Rochelle host Gloucester, Exeter host of Montpellier, Toulouse and Bulls should be a great one now. Um, <laughs> then we have Saracens uh, at home to Ospreys, and Saracens again got that kind of home draw because they got a late try against mm-hmm. Edinburgh now as well, and that cost Edinburgh too. So um, Sharks and Munster, uh, and then I think if Munster win that, they'll probably either play Toulouse or Bulls. So it's going to be a tough route for for Munster. Greg's <laughs> Champions Cup or Hiding Cup prediction at the start of the season is going to be a, a tough one to come <laughs> it's through. Been, it's going to be tested. <laughs> yeah. uh, Stormers are home. Now, they did really well in the, the group stages now, they're, or the pool stages. They're at home to Harlequins. And then we have Leicester uh, hosting Edinburgh. I think the winners of that play the Leinster-Ulster uh, game. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and then the other one is just Freddie Burns getting announced that he's off then at the end of the season to go play. Or is it even now? He's off to play Super they're Rugby. Bringing him they're bringing him over for the start of the season in February. So yeah, he's going over in a few weeks' time. Basically. Yeah, mad one. But a good, good one for him anyway. Like, yeah. Strange. They must be, they must be stuck for a lot after because it's... New Zealand, like, surely you've got someone there like, yeah. to, bring, <laughs> yeah. uh, to bring an old veteran over to New Zealand. Yeah. But they must want the experience. Look, Freddie Burns, we saw his, his that clutch kick, the, the, the drop goal in the, the final yeah. last year. Yeah. He, had to, he was forced on afterwards, like 10 minutes. Yeah, when yeah. Once then went off. Forward, like, yeah. I mean, Freddie he Burns. Of the match that day, did I think he did, yeah. yeah. Think He's he still a fantastic player. Like, and he'd, add, he'd add to any squad. He yeah. really would. Absolutely. Uh, Jason, do you want to take us off then with the, the, the Challenge Cup then? We just had uh, Connacht, like. Yeah. Uh, I, I suppose the, other, the interesting one from that one, I suppose, would be. Just Bundy not featuring again, like you know, like and he wasn't in the twenty three at all. Like, there's an it? interesting one on that now. I don't know, like, is there much in it? Like, but there's apparently something is going on now. Look, Mira, I'm only speculating because it's just it's, mm-hmm. it's rumors in the bushes Give or whatever that there is a bit of a falling out there with with Bundy and I don't know if it's Andy Friend or someone else or Wilkins maybe or maybe yeah. Wilkins, but he's been left out of a few squads and there's actually been talks that Munster have been keeping a close eye on the situation <laughs> to see if they could actually bring him down. Yeah. Because we well, don't know what's going on there. Now, that could just be him and Fakatoa there. And do you know what I mean? I think no. I think it, I think Fakatoa will be gone now, and Bundy be getting Bundy's wages be getting would be used yeah. to pay for Bundy. But swap deal. I don't know. Like I mean, I know like when he first came to Connacht, like Leinster, Munster both wanted to sign him, mm. and he chose Connacht, and he's like he's literally a god in Connacht, like yeah. literally. But if there's a falling out there, maybe he does. Is he no offense? Like, does he want to move to a club where he's more of a chance of winning something or something? Maybe not that he, not that it's going to happen with Munster, but you know he's kind of maybe guaranteed regular Champions Cup. I don't yeah. know, no offense to Connor or anything like that, but it's an interesting one. If he does leave, he's contracted on an RFU contract until twenty twenty four. Four, I think. I believe, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know because he's in an RFU contract. It would be a lot easier than yeah. him moving to France or something mm. like that, which is not going to happen because no. he's a key international. But getting him down to Munster, like I'm sure they can. 
Well, if the RFE wants to make it happen and he needs game time and there's something there, like it, he would just be moved. It's interesting because he's just been kind of left out. Yeah, like, it's a bit strange. Now. There's something. There's obviously yeah. definitely something going on in there. Yeah, because he's in the Irish squad. He's fit. We know he's fit. Yeah, yeah. So, so and that's an, and, and like it's such an interesting one, especially with Robbie Henshaw being out for the first couple of rounds. You would have assumed there's going to be Bundy and Gary Ringrose again. Mm. Then you have like I don't know is it a certain now that he's not playing like Andy will have his own kind of set plans and, and like maybe he's happy out that Bundy's getting rested and, and is ready to go. But we never pointed out actually, but Lindsay called it last week when all uh, Jamie Osborne getting in. So oh yeah, yeah, that was a good call to you uh, as usual. Listen, always right. You know no, what I mean? not at all. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I was just delighted for once. I was right. Yeah. <laughs> no, so it's nice see to him see in there him now in. We could look. Well, yeah. I- and you know what? It's nice to see him in because obviously he'll have Leinster teammates there. He's a he's a good cohort. I think there's 20 Leinster players in that mm. squad. But not mm. only that, it's pivotal that he's the likes of Gary Ringrose who, you know, we're saying like he was good but his rank, rugby brain, he's kind of like that centre half who, who matures as they go. Like he's probably coming into the best part of his career now yeah. um, in that centre position like because he can bring in like his assists, his direct running, his try scoring. Like So he has it all really. But I think Jamie Osborne hopefully is someone I would like to see him feature. Yeah, because um, I think a bit like Stockdale, we need to blood him now to see what he's going to offer. He's only twenty-one. Look, I mean, yeah, like he's he's played in like two big Heineken Cup games. He was, uh, he probably not as good as he might have might have liked against Racing compared to what he was like against Leicester. He was phenomenal yeah. against Leicester, but this guy can play ten as well, can't he? He can play twelve, play yeah. thirteen. Yeah, perhaps probably stick him on the wing and fullback. So another guy again, like where he just has all the tools, and like he's he's nearly six foot four, like, mm. and he's he's a big lad, but he's only twenty-one, so he's yeah. going to fill out even more. So, you see, actually, you know, a, a part, I think it was Leinster had it up during the week and uh, it was kind of like, oh, he's not big enough to play uh, oh, URC. Yeah. Was it Scarlet they were playing? They were playing one of the Welsh sides. It was teams. one of the Welsh sides anyway. Yeah. Scarlet, he absolutely yeah. mills him. He absolutely mints him. Yeah. And he goes, oh, maybe well, he is. <laughs> yeah, you know? I remember I saw the clip around the ball. It's very good. Yeah, it's a very good clip. And it's nice to see him. Like, nice rugby, obviously. You know, yeah. Like, man. Um, Jimmy O'Brien Jimmy as O'Brien well. Too, so, yeah. yeah, so it's... Look, I was delighted just to see him in because I think he deserves a chance. But obviously, some strange calls as well. Like I said, we, we were talking about James Hume this time last year. He yeah. was playing well and he's just, you know, yeah. injuries can just, you know, leave you obsolete nearly. That's how fickle the game has gone. Good from an Irish point of view that we've players that can replace players um, and of the same calibre. But then when you're a player, I can only imagine it's really detrimental to your confidence and, and where does, you stand. Does you one, I, I thought like... I, I kind of even did a piece there last week saying like Treadwell could feel hard done by mm-hmm. he did, did everything that was asked of him yeah yeah like he was the finisher but now they've almost gone for the potential of Joe McCarthy ahead of what they know Treadwell can do like yeah. so so the, the dice has been rolled on, on McCarthy a little bit and I think because McCarthy played so well in that Munster game that was almost like his audition and he, and he mm-hmm. passed it so that was I think he's a better baller though yeah, yeah that's kind of the thing like, he's yeah. a freak as well as in the, we've never seen anything like as big and mm. strong as this guy is and they're kind of like you see the, the future and the potential this guy could be like they were comparing him to Backy's Bota like a new yeah. enforcer which mm. is something we haven't had yeah. I think, ever or in a very long no. time but something I'd love to see in the situation I'd love to see for any of the games or whatever game it is I'd love to see a partnership of McCluskey and Ringrose with yeah. the form that Ringrose is in and with someone at McCluskey yeah. to be able to like, you know he's just Anytime he, he runs at the ball, it takes five guys to stop him. He's beautiful off a beautiful pass. Mm. I think he'd bring Gary into the game and let yeah. Gary just be, be magic as, as what we've seen all season. So yeah. I'd like to see that because maybe if Bundy hasn't been playing too much, Robbie isn't fit at the moment, Klosky Ringrose could be the... the yeah. It was an interesting... Because actually, yeah, like, I'd kind of, even in my own, I'd, I'd put in the script, like we'll talk about our Irish backline. We've always naturally just kind of come to it as well. Yeah. Like it's... It's going to be sex. And actually, I was saying the, the, the lads from uh, Joe UK are over at the Six Nations on yeah, today. Yeah. They sent us a picture of Johnny Sexton there. He's doing the media this morning and his cheek. Okay. 
his cheek is looking immaculate. Yeah. I think Better I knew never. that Bot- yeah. yeah, well, Botox will do that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Botox to bits. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's Reeling going- back the years. <laughs> he's actually looking younger than ever. Yeah. So it'll be him and, and Jemison gives the park. It'll be Ring Rose in the centre. We know it'll be Hugo Keenan fullback. Mm. And then I'm thinking, yeah, it's hard to tell with James Lowe. It's kind of up in the air, but definitely Mac is going to be on one of the wings. Uh, as we're saying, maybe Stewart or Bundy. And then I'm starting to think Jimmy O'Brien now maybe could get in there. Like High five, Pat. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm just, just go and do it. In fairness, Jimmy's been in excellent form for the last few weeks. He was brilliant again against wrestling. was brilliant against even that URC game against uh, Ospreys. Like, yeah. that, do you know what I mean? He's been in, yeah. in excellent form. So if Lowe wasn't there, I, just, I would definitely have Jimmy in and, and the other wing. And he has that left foot. He's the yeah. outstanding yeah. candidate. He is 100% the outstanding candidate for that, that wing spot without a doubt. Yeah, that's good. And then I suppose just so Connick fans don't kill us. Uh, so, and we don't kind of breeze through it. Uh, Finley Bealham will probably be like a definitely, hero. yeah, like and he'll be probably on the bench for Ireland as well. Him and Tom O'Toole will always fight it out for that mm. tight head spot. But yeah, hat trick, um, yeah. a hat trick from and he got man of the match as well. Considering that they they kind of lost, you know, like by a, a fair chunk, like it's good for them. But the shame for Connacht was there they couldn't get that extra either a losing bonus point mm. or a try scoring, and that would have got them a home last sixteen tie as well. So they're just so they travel away, yeah. They're like that talented younger brother that you're like, just concentrate, will you? <laughs> yeah, just yeah. concentrate. And um, yeah, do you know what? Now on that, I thought it was a missed opportunity now with the women's interpros. Like I would have liked to have seen maybe a double header. You know, they kind of aligned it that the lad, the girls played it in the sports ground while mm. the lads were away. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, no, that's a pity because it's, it's actually a special place, sports ground, even though it's so small. Yeah. Um, the head's groundman, uh, Stephen, gave me a free hat. He was gorgeous. Like, they're just gorgeous oh, I saw people. your hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gave it. To, I was slagging him because I was freezing. I was like, any chance you give me your hat? And he, he says, I'm going to Dublin in 20 minutes. I will. <laughs> and he came back with a beautiful Connacht hat. So, Stephen oh, and the groundsman at Connacht, thank you very much. Oh, nice. I, I think it's key as well to have Beelham coming in and playing forward home because Tyke Furland's going to the Six Nations cold. Mm. Tyke hasn't played in a while. Mm. And I they, they, they said, like, in the most recent update, was it two weeks ago or a week ago, that when they said Johnny was going to be fit, they said, Tiger's going to be fit yeah. before the Six Nations so even if he is fit I don't think you're going to get more than like maybe 50 minutes out of him because mm. especially mm. if he starts against Wales yeah. but even if he doesn't start against Wales we can start beating him because we know he's in form which is good and you need that you really do I think he needs game time really doesn't he because mm. I mean Tig is kind of Injury prone is the wrong word, but I mean, he is susceptible to long bouts of... In, when he gets yeah. injuries, he's out for a little, Hips a few and weeks. Uh, yeah. yeah. And look, we're short as well, looking around the rest of the, the provinces, we don't have too many outstanding tight heads, no. you know. And so. Bielham is he's kind of standing up as a ball player. He's, he is yeah. kind of um, evolving into what Tyg Furlong is, like he's a baller and a smart rugby player. And that's yeah. what we... If we can get him a bit of game time, a bit of confidence, I think we can. he can bring that into Ireland because he's starting to show that now in Connacht. You know, he likes kind of that bit more in the loose and he's getting confidence to play so um, it's good Tom O'Toole as well probably needs a man who needs a bit of game Tom a yeah. bit of confidence I remember talking to uh, yeah Willie Anderson about him and he would kind of done the you know he'd be in charge of the Ulster Academy and this is like a maybe the start of last season he had such high hopes from him that's not to say that his he hasn't done it. He's still he's an in Ireland squad again. He came off the bench and did well again. But it's like everyone for the last year or two has just been waiting for him just to kick on to yeah. that next level. Like, yeah. It's tough when you're going up against the best tight head in the world. Like, you know what mm, I mean? Yeah. I think the mad thing about it as well is like we've seen it in the past before. That Porter and Furlong, when they're fit and firing, they can play 80 minutes if you want to mm. and not yeah. skip a beat. That's how good they are. So, so hard. <laughs> you know, I mean, like playing 80, like I've seen Furlong and I've, I've, I've seen Porter do it. Play 80 minutes of high intensity tests level rugby mm. in the front row. That is like, 
freakish. Unheard of. Because the amount of work they're getting through. <laughs> oh, it's freakish. Yeah. They've done it like more than once, which is incredible. Like, but mm. no, you, you, it's, it's nice to have a few deputies there that can have our own little bomb squad. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And, and Lindsay, you were saying that you were over in the sports room. I saw some lovely photos up on Instagram. You had some oh, good crack you. when you were over Yeah, we had great yeah. crack. And obviously a lot of uh, the railway girls were mixed in. So, and uh, even family in the crowd, like um, Sonia McDermott and obviously her sister Aoife was yeah, playing for yeah. Leinster. There was a bit of crack there and I was chatting to the parents. I was like, oh, the favourite child you came to watch her. <laughs> so, um, just always a lovely like time and myself and Alison Miller caught up and Kira yeah. Griffin was there. So actually a lot of the old and new connected and, and it was lovely to see the likes of Dorothy Wall, May Vogue, like the, the Munster background were exceptional. Yeah. Like, uh, like we're talking about Gary Ringrose's offload. Um, Dora had a lovely support line and she offloaded to, to Roshi Normand who we yeah, um, yeah. gave our Never Stop Competing moment a couple of weeks ago and Eilish Cahill came off the bench. Uh, I played against her. She's a up-and-coming tie head with UL Bowes and she had two um, they were exceptional in the green zone in the, in the 22. Connacht, Nicole Fowley, two crossfield clicks, uh, kicks um, to Clara Barrett. Now, one of them was kind of a Mac Hansen, Jimmy O'Brien-esque, got it in the air and had so much work to stay inbounds oh, and yeah. put it down. Yeah, no, That's not easy. Not easy at all. I thought she was exceptional. She would two starts, four tries. Um, wow. So Connacht, when they put it together and put phases together, they were exceptional, but they lost a couple of injuries with Lisa Marie and Emma Fabi for personal reasons. So... They just don't have the depth yet, but um, Lyndon Jones is their coach and he had a lot of work with Westport and I think before the tournament he said there was 15 players through the uh, the Talent ID programme. So Excellent. there's some healthy stuff coming on. I just would like to see that window of the Inter-Pro. There's always this argument, like where do they fit into the calendar? Yeah. And you put them into a calendar competing with the European Cup, one of the top competitions in, in the rugby calendar. You're like... Yeah. We don't want that. You know, when we moved the women's Six Nations, we, we saw it grow and evolve and players. A huge difference. Huge, yeah. difference. Yeah. A huge difference. Yeah. why they're doing it again this year. Like, and we've been clamoring for that for years. Kind of like, you can't put them up against each other. We don't want to put yeah. them up against each other because we want to watch both of them. hundred <laughs> percent. And like some of the offload, like we talk about offload, and like Monster, I thought they were exceptional. And yeah. I wanted to chat to Nee Briggs after and Fiona Hayes to see, is this something that they wanted or they just kind of... Well, they did. They did it against uh, Leinster as well. They kind of grinded out a win. But yeah, as I said, the the, the tip-ons, the, the soft shoulders, the gain line, the momentum, the running support lines. Nicole Cronin was kicking. They played out of their 22, the kind of isolated short side two-on-ones. So I thought some of the rugby on show was exceptional. Yeah. And that's where I'm like opportunity missed but the visibility with Vodafone coming along TG Carr yeah. so there's so many positives uh, I just wish we could have double headers align it Connacht did really well with all their media all of the, the provinces did so it was lovely to see that equality Yeah. just don't put it, don't put it against the yeah. big competition but yeah it was great it was a great the only, day only, I was, the only thing what I was thinking about is like it's it's great everyone starts getting into it and then it's over like is there a way like I'd love for them to even think about going back to back like you know like playing six games instead of three games and stuff like that and and then there's real decent competition for a while like because it's like just as it's getting going then it's yeah, over again like you, you know would, do you think there's any sense, scope yeah. for something like that thank you patrick you need to sit on a committee to help evolve this competition it's another question where do they fit in what's mm. their purpose yeah and i think again so i'm chatting to little ones right they're from ballon robe they're from bally harness you're kind of thinking oh you are normally you know have a round ball and you're looking for an all-ireland yeah, yeah. and uh, Portumna was represented with Connacht so this talent idea is spread it across the west so these young women need to see 
their idols playing in front of them. Yeah. You know, they need the stand was full. There was fifteen hundred people there. Mm. The atmosphere was great. So again, lots of positives. But three games, it's over. Yeah. Um, where is the enough. development? Yeah. Where are we going to see it as a good competition? Now the Celtic Cup will go on. I'd oh, like yes. to see what this is yeah, going to yeah. do, but. I think maybe it needs to be at the start of the season I use it as a talent ID competition because again your Irish players are playing club they're playing provincial mm. they're playing internationally the load on them and then you've other players then are obsolete so yeah I think back to back games I think a semi-final a final Yeah. and until we evolve it and grow the player pool that has to be done for now and I'd probably put it at maybe the start of the season really yeah. to get the yeah. season kicked off as a launcher Yeah. at the end of the season but I think you know, AIL is finished and we were into January and I said there's nothing happening. So, yeah. yeah, I'd like to see the extension of the games. Yeah, I'd be interested to see it. Even then again, like speaking of the women's game as well, like the, I saw just a tweet at the weekend as well, like the, the women's sevens team got into the semi-finals again yeah. and, and it's like, somebody even said, inevitable that Ireland are going to be in the last four at this stage. Like that's how well they've all done with that bit of investment there as well. Like, so they came four, I think the men came six. So like, they're consistently doing well now as well, which is great to see as well. And it's an Olympic year for them. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see now the Six Nations squad because I don't see any of the sevens being released because if they can get qualification for their Olympics through the World Series, mm. it'll obviously make a lot of difference and that's their goal now this year. So um, again, lots of positives, but like, yeah, the sevens kind of went under the radar again. Do you know, yeah. it's just like, can we <laughs> yeah. align this calendar? Yeah. Um, do you mind if I give a shout out? Because there's a Go couple of... I was, I was even going to say, yeah, like... Anyone that you could kind of even think might have pushed through and, you know, like, or came through. Yeah, definitely get some well, we shout there. Yeah. We did a couple of... Well, I won't, I won't talk too much because <laughs> I do Jason talk too much. Jason go off to get a, a coffee here, yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to do a couple of retirements uh, from the provinces. Ilse Van Staden for Ulster, uh, Kate Sheehan, Laura Feeney, Mary Coyne, Mary Healy. Uh, so that's Ulster, wow. Munster and Connacht. Yeah. Uh, really long-standing servants. They've been exceptional, so I want to just give them a shout and a congratulations to the girls. For those who stood out, uh, Stephanie Noonan for UL, or for, she's a UL player, Munster. but she, for Munster. Um, Roshi Norman, I thought, for a loose head, you mm. know. Uh, Irish cattle come on as tie heads. So, again, young players coming through. Clara Barra, I thought, was exceptional. Um, Emma Fabi, Ava Ryder would have come up through Westport. Great young players. Nicole Fowley, she's been around a long time, but I thought she did a great, great tournament. Um, for Leinster, probably uh, Aoife Dalton. Um, Ella Roberts at full back um, and yeah I just thought there was a you know a couple of young players come up you know the, the Jamie also of this world so there's some lovely talent coming up through yeah. under 18 programs and we can sign to see them coming to the top now so um, I won't take above it any more time <laughs> the future but is green the future is great every every week I was checking on it the, the, her one Derval uh, Nikki Bard was, Sorry, was geez, scoring a try or two every week yeah Pat I'm glad you did that in Derv was exceptional she yeah. was exceptional for Belleville throughout the year um, I thought she was absolutely head and shoulders above the rest um, she got player of the match there for, for Munster she was very humble in it but some of her line breaks some of her <coughs> Um, some of her all-round play she's exceptional in the loose and she's just a, a woman oozing confidence at the moment and I was kind of asking her that post-match I was like you, f you seem like you're in love with the game again and it's yeah. this like impact on your performance um, I'd love to see her back in an Irish jersey I just she's kind of like that Dan Sheehan great in the loose but we yeah. need her kind of really honing in now as a hooker because I can't see yeah. it. it's too competitive for back row international but I'd love to see her back in there yeah brilliant uh, and then just for the never stop competing moment of the week with Bank of Ireland um, I was going to I was thinking of giving it to Greg O'Shea for trying to uh, break his ass to get over to Dunleary now to talk to, <laughs> to, to we, have, boy. we have to keep an eye to see whether he got over there in time so we can have that interview in next week's show Like, but um, yeah Greg would be 
uh, you know, actually, we'll probably look at it. Yeah. He'll probably just not a bead of sweat on him. And he'll just be a complete professional. But it's just oozing there. Cool. He's like, like he's floating. He's like a yeah. swan with the legs kind of kicking away under yeah. the surface. Like, but uh, I was going to give it to uh, Gavin Coombs because uh, we're talking about Joey Carberry missing out on the mm-hmm. you know Ireland squad, and but that happened to Coombs there, like you know earlier in the season, and like he's come back in great form. Like, so he was challenged. And the mantle was thrown down and he picked it back up. And as part of that brilliant monster try again, he yeah. had just outrageous out the back kind of yeah. offload. And then Shane Daly did the same thing. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, no, I'd like to give it to him. Yeah. And he's a, he's, a, he's a natural born try scorer as well. Like, and you want guys like that in your team. So it's good to see him back in there. You absolutely do. Congratulations. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Was it um, you who tipped him for the squad? Or was it Greg? I, wanted I, I can't remember actually. But I think you, you guys there. were saying, yeah, and the fact that he can cover second. And so it'll be interesting to see if he. I, I'm a big fan of his so I'd love to see him get a crack at one of these six would you put him in like, second row if you couldn't get him in back because Jesus uh, I'd I, I, I prefer, I prefer to see, I'd love to see him in maybe like, I'd love to see him in at eight alongside Josh and and, and Doris yeah, yeah. So I'd like to see, like, see that would be a nice trio there for him like. yeah could be starting against Wales that would be nice yeah, you never know, you never know you're leaving Pete out there and you're leaving out Jack Cohn like, so it's ridiculous yeah, yeah. The, the depth it's that we have like, but, uh, it's whatever triumvirate we put out I'm sure we'll be quite good <laughs> alright I'm going to have a crack in my, my first outro of the year it could be the last outro Come of the year on, if I got Patrick, completely Patrick we do have this <laughs> right so just pretend alright that's it for today right, we actually did really well I think uh, great um, the four of us kind of managing to, to get this ship uh, into port at the end and docked there so uh, thank Thanks everybody for listening and for watching as well. And a big thanks to our sponsors, Bank of Ireland, a proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Cheers. Well so done, Pat. I was going to let you do all that, but then I was like, oh, now I'm in the host chair. So wait, you know what? I think it I made, got power hungry. You're wearing that new sweatshirt. You go for it. Joe presents House of Rugby together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces.